Takes a Village, a podcast of Healing Hands International based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my name is Mark Gent. I'm joined by my co-host Taryn Foster. Uh, I'm excited about today's podcast. We have one of our very own coming on the show in Jessica Markwood, who is on staff here working with our Women of Hope Ministry. Taryn, you've known Jessica for a few minutes and few tell minutes. us uh, tell us about Jessica. Tell us what you like about Jessica. I love a lot of things about Jessica. She always makes me laugh. I always just light up when I see her. She does have a great sense of humor. She does. She's so funny. And she's quiet and she like just drops a funny. And then you're like, what? Yeah. She's so, and she's so full of wisdom too. She just has everything that she, she just knows who she is and she, she knows what she's about. And I really admire her. She's very confident. Yes. And she's had a lot of experience that brings a lot of value to our staff here at Healing Hands, and we are mm-hmm. excited to have her on the pod uh, for this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Jessica Markwood. Now we want to welcome Jessica Markwood onto the podcast. Whoa, Jessica, whoa. welcome to It Takes a Village. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have a fellow staff member on today, and we're excited to learn more about who you are, what you do, and you just are, you have a lot of um, great, interesting things that make you who you are. A lot of wisdom. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have you. Taryn, tell us all about Jessica. Okay, so Jessica Markwood was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. She went to college at Harding University, whoop whoop, fellow alma mater. Uh, She studied missions and global economic development, and then she got her master's at Fuller Seminary in international development. So after graduation, she spent two years working with small business and agriculture development in northern Mozambique. She currently has two part-time jobs at Healing Hands International and Flint Global, and they're both in helping women start businesses, which is awesome. She is passionate about drinking coffee, sharing meals, and finding abundant life in unexpected places. That's an awesome phrase. It is. That's like a life mantra. And she is also uh, Nancy Markwood's daughter, who is on staff here. So we gave Nancy a shout out in an earlier episode. Jessica, tell us, how is that being on staff with your mom? Because y'all, y'all are both awesome. She is awesome. I live in her shadow. Um, <laughs> you know, there's pros and cons to working with your mom. Mm-hmm. I can ask her to do things that I probably wouldn't ask other people to do. But also, you know, if my hair doesn't look right that day or... I'm not doing what she wants me to do, then she will definitely point it out. Oh. Right. So. I have no shame. A little give and take. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a good snapshot of Jessica. Um, but hey, tell us, what, what do you enjoy? What makes Jessica come alive? Hmm. Um, I really love stories. So I love telling stories and I love collecting stories and hearing stories. So to me, that looks like hanging out with my friends or having new experiences, cooking different cuisines or growing different vegetables, reading books from different perspectives. Um, and I am a, I'm a newly acquired soccer fan. 
I like Wes Anderson films, and my favorite animal is a camel. Let's talk. Wow. (laughs) There's a lot there to unpack. So let's talk about camel first. How did your favorite animal become a camel? They're so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to the Detroit Zoo last week, and I saw a two-humped camel for the first time. And when you talk about coming alive, like, I didn't know that the passion for the camel was there until I was in the same space with it. So, I mean, camels are amazing. They can survive in anything. They bring life to desert areas. So I think we could all learn from the camel. We can all learn from camels. So tell us what you're reading right now. Um... I've been reading a lot of poetry. I really like poetry. And then I just finished a book called I Remember Abu, which is a like autobiographical story about a girl reflecting on the civil war between Bangladesh and Pakistan. Or not a civil war. The war between Bangladesh and Pakistan, mm. which was wow. very interesting. Hey, what about cu- cuisine? Um, what do you enjoy cooking right now? What's a new, what's a new dish you, you've been whipping up? Um, I'm mostly working with a new spice, baharat, which baharat is just the Arabic word for spices. So it's a spice mix that's very popular in the Middle East and um, further east than that. So it's kind of spicy, it's kind of sweet. I'm learning how to cook with that. Wow, you have so many intriguing and interesting things. I'm very interested. Yeah, so many hobbies, so interesting. (laughs) Well-rounded, amazing. So transitioning into Women of Hope, can you tell us about our Women of Hope ministry? Yeah, so Women of Hope works with churches in seven different countries, and we want to help women break cycles of poverty. So our goal is to equip women to become financially stable so that they can have dignified access to things like safety, food, health care, and education for themselves and for their families. So at Healing Hands, we work mostly with rural women who are living below the poverty line, and they don't have access to the same employment, banking, banking, savings, or insurance mechanisms that most of us have in the U.S. So our work looks like business skills training and mentoring, training women to form community-directed savings groups, lending small loans to female entrepreneurs, giving startup grants to women-run businesses, and providing scholarships to young women who are part of vocational school programs. And all of that is facilitated by our International Women of Hope coordinators. So those are Janet, Paulina, Ngonidashe, Elizabeth, some women in South Asia, and many more who are actually on the ground making all that happen. And you've got some really uh, deep relationships with those ladies that you've developed over time. Talk, talk about one. Give us an example of one of one of those ladies in your relationship. Because often we'll come in the office in the morning, and your day may have started earlier than ours, or you may have stayed up later than we did, um, simply because you're communicating with you know people on the other side of the world. Um, tell us about one of your relationships with one of the women who's part of our women of hope ministry yeah it's pretty interesting so i've been at healing hands for a year and a half and the entirety of that time has been in pandemic times so all but one of these women i only know through zoom or whatsapp calls so i think especially for people in these contexts it's very weird to only have a digital relationship so i think we've had to make extra effort to make those relationships happen 
But yeah, like you said, we start with early morning meetings and there's a lot of pleasantries, a lot of hearing about the weather and the family and the kids and the neighbors. And um, I think in one way, it's really challenging to have those relationships. But in another way, like this past few years has opened the doors to so many digital communication options that, you know, maybe we had them in some ways before, but we didn't really lean into them. So it's been fun to, you know, every week I'm on calls with people all over the world and getting updates from, you know, random villages in the middle of nowhere that I wouldn't have had access to otherwise. So mm-hmm. it's been fun to hear from them that way. Do, aren't you in a group message with them too? We do have a group message with all of the coordinators together, which is really cool because they share about the work that they're doing and they encourage one another. But there's also a lot of like sending pictures and Mm-hmm. they'll say like wow you look so beautiful today wow you're doing a great job or just it's very encouraging I think especially for them to hear from each other more than just the random American on the other side who's mostly just looking at spreadsheets and right you know sending business plans back and forth but these women are really encouraging each other and forming a community amongst themselves which is cool to see and cool to be a part of and list the countries again how many countries is that 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 group message entails So in the group message, we just have um, Kenya, Tanzania, and Zimbabwe. And then there's a few other women that we have working with us for language reasons. They're not all in the same group message. Um, But so we work with those countries. We also work in Ghana, in India, in Haiti, Malawi, and soon in Uganda. Oh, awesome. Exciting. So tell us a little bit about how it got started, the Women of Hope Ministry. Yeah, so Women of Hope started in 2008, and it started because some Healing Hands staff took a trip to Nigeria to conduct a food preservation workshop with a group of women. And from that trip, it became very clear that we couldn't truly engage poverty without engaging women. Mm -hmm. So they saw that women are really at the heart of developing stronger communities, and that the more we can empower women, Mm -hmm. the stronger the family, the church, and the community are going to be. So the earliest ways they started doing that were by sponsoring vocational education and lending some small loans. And since then, it's continued to expand and change to meet the needs of women in all the different contexts where we work. Nice. So you would say women are like the heartbeat of the community in the village that makes everything run. Yes. So there's a, there's a popular African saying that you teach a man you've taught an individual, but if you teach a woman, you've taught a community. Mm -hmm. And while men are definitely critical to making all of this work, statistically, Mm -hmm. that is true. And, um, you know, you can't engage a whole community if you're only engaging half of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And women are critical to bringing up the whole community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and your passion for women's empowerment projects. I mean, this is evident through, you know, you have two part-time jobs, but they focus on the same thing. And that's not ironic at all. Here at Healing Hands, you're the Women of Hope Coordinator at Flint Global. You're the Women's Entrepreneurship Program Manager. But like we were talking yesterday, those are essentially the same thing. Um, So talk about when did you realize this was a passion of yours? And uh, how did that come about? The field of international development has always excited me ever since I found out that that was a field, which was when I was in middle school. So that's why I'm on 
you know, that's why I'm reading these books by Bengali authors and obsessed right. with camels. Like that's the whole, <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected. Um, and so I've dedicated a lot of time to that. And I feel very privileged to get to be paid to do the work that I do and to do what I love doing. And I feel very privileged to get to overtly witness what God is doing in unexpected places and to be invited into that work. And when I think about what I do and what we do, I think about the passage in Isaiah where God says that every valley will be filled and every mountain will be made low so that we can stand on level ground and see the glory of God together. So Mm. I really view this work as being a shoveler and creating space where we can all experience God on the same plane. And working with women requires a particularly large amount of digging because all around the world, women have unique obstacles that they come up against that are legal, cultural, religious, and logistical, and those all prevent them from participating in their economies. And that has a detrimental impact, not just on women, but on entire communities and on our entire world. Because like we were saying, women are really critical to breaking cycles of poverty. Statistically speaking, women are more likely to show up for work every day, and they're more likely to invest their profits in their families, and especially when it comes to education and healthcare. And they're also much more likely to invest in other women and to teach their skills to other women and to their children. So like we said earlier, when you're investing in a woman, you're investing in whole communities. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think it's such a blessing to work with women and with lots of men to say that women are made in the image of God and that we are capable and that we are powerful and that we will never experience all that God has for us if we leave women down in the valley. And for a lot, like as I think back um, just in history and in time, this has not always been the case. Right. Like it, the, the women have not always had the opportunities that they do now and uh, through your passion and through what you do and um other organizations i mean it's given them a chance you know i mean maybe not all but for a lot of them this is a first generation mm-hmm. chance that they have to um have a larger role in the family and in the community why do you think that is well i think just our culture is changing our culture is becoming more connected and you know we just have more opportunities to hear different voices i think people are learning that we need that we need diverse voices And if we're all made in the image of God, then we can't see the full image of God if we're cutting out half of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's that, but I think there's also like logistical financial reasons that we want to start including women. Like it just makes sense to include women in the economy. It, It makes sense for if your family's in poverty to for the mother to be making money like and it improves economies across the board. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's like a social change, but there's also an economic change and a realization that there's a need for half of the society to be involved in our economies. And do you think that what the Woman of Hope ministry is doing is kind of going to help that, help women uh, in oppression and, and you know, how they're just put yeah. back? Yeah. So, I mean, 
I hope so. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've spent time talking about the economic difference that it makes because, I mean, moving from financial instability to security and giving somebody a chance to save money is huge Mm -hmm. because that means women can plan for the future. They can be more resilient against shocks that keep them in poverty, like an illness or a natural disaster. And they can make larger investments in their family because they're not living paycheck to paycheck. And then most of the women we work with are part of churches, and we've seen them become more active in church. We've seen them give more to their local church, and they're able to train others in their church to reach financial stability. But then another impact that we've seen on women is how they personally view themselves and how their societies view them. The women that we work with consistently tell us that they feel more resilient, they feel more self-confidence, they're excited to share with their neighbors, and that they feel God's love when they discover that someone wants to invest in them and someone believes that they're capable of doing a difficult and different thing. And another thing that's pretty exciting to me is that we've heard from several of our coordinators in places where we work, and there has been noticeable decreases in gender-based violence, which is an enormous sign of transformation that's happening in those communities. Yeah, and talk to us about some of the numbers um, as far as it relates here at Healing Hands. Um, just to paint a picture, how many people does, our, does the program reach? How many people are impacted by this Women of Hope ministry? Like, Give us a sense of the scope of the impact on the ground. Yeah, last year was a really big growth year for us because we hired several new on-the-ground coordinators. So we impacted nearly 1,000 households in seven countries. So that's about 1,000 women who have an average of three children, so about 3,000 people. Um, All of those women received some sort of business skills training and follow-up from our coordinators. We invested in professional development for nine female-run businesses that Women of Hope helped launch prior to last year. And then we helped launch three new businesses last year. And all of those businesses have an average of 10 to 15 women who are part of them. And then we extended 43 small loans to female entrepreneurs. And so far, all of those loans are still on track with their repayment schedule, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to provide scholarships for 40 young women who are in vocational school, supplied them with startup kits upon graduation. So that would be like providing a sewing machine to a woman who's just gone through tailoring training. And then Women of Hope also was able to partner with Magi last year, so our folks were able to impact an additional 884 children through our Sponsor a Box mm-hmm. program. Yeah, and I love what you said, um, just the, how it multiplies mm-hmm. when, you, when you train and equip one, it uh, impacts so many more than that, not only in their house, but others who work for them and in their mm-hmm. own business. You know, here at home, um, oftentimes, uh, you know, people become entrepreneurs every day, mm-hmm. but then something that keeps a lot of people from taking that step is fear. Yeah. Like afraid they exactly. can't do it, afraid of failure. It's a big risk. It's a big risk. Yeah. yeah. How do, how do we, and how, how do you, like, how do they jump over that hurdle or is it different there than what we may experience here? I would say it's a bigger risk because yeah. they have a lot more to lose than most of us and most of us have mechanisms like insurance or you know a relative who could take us in and when you're talking about low-income communities there's just a there's not a ton of resources for a lot of people so some ways that we mitigate risk are making it a community endeavor so when we give a loan a lot of those loans are given to large groups so that there's 
accountability with one another. But if somebody can't make the payment that day, then somebody else can. And our big value is start small, start with what you have, and then grow. And once you learn and experiment with business and making a budget and, you know, managing things for the first time, then you can grow continually and steadily rather than taking a huge risk at the very beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about the businesses that we have women in? Yeah. So when we talk about like small loans that we give, most of those are very, very small businesses like women selling produce on the side of the row, selling liquid soap is a big thing right now that's become big during COVID, big business, liquid soap. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as they get a little larger, there's women who run fabric stores and who, um, yeah, who sell dry goods. Mm -hmm. Then some of the businesses that we've invested money in and consistent training, there's several different sewing co-ops. There's some peanut butter co-ops. There's a few bakeries. Um, So there's a lot of different things that we're working with. We're looking at one that's um, wanting to expand and have an online store and a delivery service and a seed service. So wow, there's lots of cool things that we want to keep exploring. And our most well-known business to many of the people who work with us is a large basket weaving business that we work with in Kenya. So tell us about, we have a, um, for anybody who's been part of or following Healing Hands for a while or our Women of Hope ministry, uh, a lot of people have heard about our online store, and but some of our listeners are going to be hearing about that for the first time. So talk about our online store and what products do we have? How do we get them? Like, how does that process work? How can people go purchase them? Um, yeah, talk, talk about and how that impacts the Women of Hope ministry. Yeah, so we have a store where you can buy products that have been made by some of the women-run businesses that we partner with. So we buy the products up front. So every dollar that you spend goes towards paying for the product and the shipping, and any profits go back into the ministry to keep encouraging these businesses. So we sell mostly home goods, purses, bags, totes, skincare products, a few decor items, Um, but we're always developing and improving our inventory. Right now, these mostly come from our partners in Kenya, India, Ghana, and Zimbabwe. And you can purchase them online at store.hhi.org, at our Nashville office, or at any of our Women of Hope in-person events. Yeah, and anytime somebody comes in the office or that you guys are on the road doing a Hope party or whatnot, they, the people always are, the women are always interested in these products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a basket, and it's, I use it all the time. Very sturdy, really well made, and it's just, it's so pretty too. Yeah, we're excited to see the products continue to improve over time as the women develop their skills and develop new products and Mm -hmm. they're really quality products that I think also really tie people back to the work that we're doing and just a, a physical reminder of the way that God's connecting us to these women. And some who might be listening might correlate the Women of Hope Conference and the Women of Hope Ministry. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about how those go together? Yeah, so our biggest in-person event is our annual Women of Hope Conference that happens every spring in Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We don't only want to focus on strengthening women around the world, but also women in the U.S. So this conference is a way that we can empower churches in our area to have stronger women and build stronger communities. 
So we put on this event in part to share about our work, but primarily because we saw an opportunity to connect women from different communities and provide a space where they can be encouraged, inspired, refreshed, and buy some cool stuff. So it's a really great weekend with speakers and humorous breakout sessions and just some time to be away from regular life. So if you're a woman or you know a woman who would be blessed by that, we hope to see you in 2023. So Jessica, you've got a trip coming up next month and things are opening up for us and being able to travel. I mean, when COVID hit, pretty much all international travel shut down. And that was the case here in our office as well. But um, talk about the trip you're about to take, where you're going, who you're going to go see, what you're going to be doing. Um, yeah, because when this uh, this is going to be in the month of May, so when the mm-hmm. podcast comes out, uh, you will be close to leaving or already uh, in location. Yes, I am headed to East Africa to visit some of our partners in Uganda and Kenya, which is especially exciting since I haven't met them in person yet. Uh, In Uganda, I'm hoping to hire a new Women of Hope coordinator so that we can expand our ministry in northern Uganda. And then I'll be meeting with Janet, who is our Women of Hope coordinator in Kenya, to visit some of the businesses that Women of Hope has partnered with, be a part of a Women of Hope business conference, uh, visit a vocational school that we're partnering with, and they told me that I absolutely just have to kiss a giraffe while I'm there. So we will see about that. Camel? Any camels? I don't think in southern. There are some camels in northern Kenya, but I'll be in the south. so It might be worth an extra trip. So Jessica, over the last several years since you were in college a long time ago, you've spent a good amount of time in Africa and going back and forth and even your extended internship. How would you say those... Uh, two years where you lived in Mozambique impacted you and shaped you uh, with the work that you do now? Yeah, I think that was such a huge experience for me. I think it really taught me the importance of solidarity over strategy. Mm. I think a lot of times we tend to come into places with an idea of what things should look like and how things should be done. Mm -hmm. But really what we should be doing is being good neighbors to people and listening to the people that are on the ground and what they have to offer and what they think the problem is and what they think the solution is. And how can we as a church, a body, an interdependent body, fill the gaps for our global neighbors because we don't know what's best for them, Mm -hmm. but they know and they understand the context that they're in. And I think I started going there under the influence that I would be bringing God to them. But I think what we see in the Bible over and over again and what I was reminded of every day is that What we do for the least of these, we do for God because God dwells among the least of these and God is being revealed in these places. Just like that phrase that we said at the beginning, the abundant life in unexpected places, God is always dwelling where we least expect to find God. And so I think really leaning into that, really um, making sure that we center the voices and the desires of the people that we work with rather than our own ideas and really letting God work through those people and God use those people really powerfully in ways that are more effective 
and more beautiful and more inspiring than any ideas that we could have come up with. That makes me think of uh, our episode we had with Jared Brown when uh, he was talking about Honduras and how that was like a whole new experience for him. And he had that same, I think he said the same thing where we kind of just want to go into a place Mm -hmm. and like, we think that we know what they need, but we don't know what they need. Right. You know? So that's really interesting that you said that. Um, So when you share Women of Hope with other people, do you have a specific story? I love asking people about a story that they have that they, that comes to mind. Yeah. I really like talking about the work we're doing in, Tanzania Mm -hmm. because it just goes to show how God just takes all of our tiny offerings and uses them to feed multitudes and it's this idea of you know women helping other women and women sharing with other women so when I first started at Healing Hands I met some volunteers from the Mount Juliet Church of Christ and they had been on some mission trips to northern Tanzania to visit the Andrew Connolly School of Preaching And they said that they knew some women there who could benefit from us doing a Christian women's business conference. So we had planned on doing that in person, but with everything COVID-related in early 2021, it just wasn't a good time to go. But then we got connected to Paulina, who is the school's administrator, who said she still really wanted to try to have the conference. Turns out, Paulina is very competent as an event planner and an extraordinary teacher who really has a heart for empowering women. So since then, Paulina has become the Women of Hope coordinator in Tanzania. She's part of a group business, and she's trained hundreds of women in business skills. And one of those women is named Mary. So Mary attended a conference and learned how to make and market liquid soap. So she started selling liquid soap until she could afford a sewing machine. Then she saved and ended up buying seven sewing machines and started training other women to sew. But Mary lives in this village that's right outside a game reserve, which means that it's a hotspot for travelers and a hotspot for desperate women who are selling themselves to feed their families. And Mary really has a heart for these women. So Mary has presented Healing Hands with a business plan for a sewing center that will employ some of these at-risk women. And she doesn't simply want to employ them, but she wants to launch a business that sews reusable feminine hygiene products that can be sold locally and given to rural schools so that girls in remote villages can stay healthy and stay in school. And that all happened because a couple women in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, wanted to share something with a few women that they met in Arusha, Tanzania. And the impact just kept rippling out further and further, far beyond what we could have anticipated. And that's how God is using our ministry in so many places. It's awesome to look back, uh, like you were just talking about, and see just how the hand of God was working Mm -hmm. long, I mean, in that moment, but uh, the impact over time. Mm -hmm. And long before we ever actually, you know, realized, oh, wow, it was that one conversation, it was that one trip, it was that one moment. So as you look ahead, what are your, what are your visions, what are your hopes, dreams, growth, all of that kind of stuff for the ministry. Yeah, we really want our vision to be directed by the women on the field who are doing the work. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because when we started talking about what we wanted this year to look like, everybody said the same thing. So as I mentioned, last year was a big growth year for us, and there were a lot of new things. So this year, we want to be a big depth year where we're ensuring that our trainings are having a long-term impact We're equipping these young businesses to grow on their own, and we're finding out where we can 
do better. And so as our ministry deepens and widens, I look forward to it being a big team of women around the world who are working together with God wherever they are to see what gifts that women in this place have and how can they use those gifts to create an abundant community where they are. So Jessica, for our listeners, uh, you know, something that they're going to be asking or wondering often is this sounds awesome. What can I do to help? Um, so you guys have so many different ways through hope parties and buying product and, uh, just tell our listeners, uh, just give them a glimpse of what they can tangibly do to help support this ministry. Yeah. I love inviting people to get involved in this because, you know, we're all where we are today because someone lifted us up. Somebody was there for us somewhere along the way that helped us get to where we are. And we have the opportunity to do that for these women Um, So some ways that you can be a part of this ministry is come to our annual conference in the spring where you can hear about our work and get connected to others who are involved. You can buy from the Women of Hope store to invest in these women and have a beautiful product that reminds you of how God is working with them around the world. You can host a hope party in your church or home or wherever their space. So we'll come to you, tell you about the ministry, and bring our product line to sell wherever you are. You can become a woman of hope or a man of hope, we don't discriminate, by becoming a monthly donor to support ongoing trainings, business grants, scholarships, and loans. You can share about us on social media, and then most of all, you can pray for us and pray for our coordinators and pray for these women that we work with that God is using to do new and really challenging things in their communities. Yeah, all wonderful ways for people to get involved. So where can people go to get more information? Uh, On the internet, social media? You can check us out online at hhi.org slash women, on Instagram at Healing Hands Int, and then our product page is at HHI Women of Hope. And you can also call our office and ask for Jessica, 615-832-2000, or you can email her at jmarkwood at hhi.org. Absolutely. Jessica, it has been so awesome to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I know when we first started talking about having you, you were a little bit hesitant. You had some trepidation about coming on, (laughs) putting on the headset. But you have crushed it, and you have done very well. (laughs) You did great. Thank you. So that was awesome. That was good. Jessica is amazing. She has so much knowledge and experience in international business and building relationships with people, and she's really just come in and just – ran with her role yeah and she fit right within our team yes she's and, fitting perfectly and she she does bring a lot of different experience from her mm-hmm. um and her portfolio of what all she's done yeah and she's really come in and expanded the the ministry a lot since she's come in and it's only been yeah, a year and a half, and a half. Mm-hmm. so yeah i thought she was so great jessica has such a myriad of interest from cooking cuisines, to camels, which I had no clue about, to soccer. Uh, But, you know, one thing in regards to her passion for for women and women empowerment and entrepreneurship is when she said, we can help. uh, How how can we fill the gaps for our global neighbors? Mm -hmm. 
and that's what she's doing. She's helping stand in the gap to help um, help these women who have dreams and aspirations that they might not have ever um, been able to reach otherwise, and mm-hmm. that how God is working through her, through them, to um, so they can provide for their families, so they can provide for their communities, so they can uh, empower other women. And I just loved hearing her heart. And mm-hmm. I loved hearing um, just how God has been, how God is shaping and molding her for so many years before she got here um, for a time such as this in this role. Yeah, and she's giving a voice to the voiceless too, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was a huge takeaway that I that I got. And thank you guys so much for joining us and being a part of our community here on It Takes a Village. And as always, we want to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review, and share with a friend. But we also want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we've really seen the growth that this podcast has had, and our guests really appreciate it. So, And if you do want to follow us, uh, we have an Instagram and Facebook. It's at HealingHandsINT. And then uh, Twitter, at updates. And then, as always, want to give a special thanks to Maeva for creating the jingle. And to Kristen Harper and Grace Boucher, who produces the podcast. And this episode's special shout-out is going to Grace Boucher. Grace! Grace is uh, coming up on completing her nine-month internship with us here at Healing Hands. Long time. Long time. She is from Franklin, Tennessee. Um, She's getting her master's in business administration from Lipscomb University, where she went and uh, had her undergrad and got it in social work. And I love Grace. She brings so much life and energy and youthfulness to our office. Yes. Grace is one of my work besties. And she really came in and we just immediately became friends. And I just always get so excited when I see her. And I'm really, really grateful that she's on the team and she works so hard. And I'm just like, wow, I want to be more like Grace. And she took your place as the youngest person in the office. Yes. By not that much, but... But she did. She did. Yeah, I'm not she, the baby anymore. And she has done so many different roles. She has helped out marketing, and mm-hmm. she's done event planning with our 30th anniversary. She's been with Women of Hope. So yep. multi-talented. So, mm-hmm. Grace, thank you. Special shout-out. We appreciate it. All right, so uh, thanks for listening, and come back next time. Uh, we'll have another episode in two weeks. Two weeks. See ya. All right, bye. Na, 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 na.